in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And uh, not with me, as only a few times, uh, is not your co-host, Andy Hart. Uh, Bunk Funkers, uh, Andy is not in the bunker today. Um, Mr. Bunker informed me that Andy is um, spending his life savings to revive the little rascals. <laughs> um, now, Bunk Funkers... This is concerning to me. It's concerning to me that Andy is spending his life savings to revive the little rascals, not because he's spending his life savings. That's for him to decide what to do with that sum of money. It's because it's disgusting watching a nearly 65-year-old man try to play a little boy. He (laughs) wants to play Alfalfa. Of course, Andy immediately wanted to be Alfalfa, uh, who he believes is the shining force of the little rascals and it's his concept of it is that he is <laughs> he he's is actually the buckwheat yeah <laughs> he's we all know he's <laughs> the buckwheat <laughs> it's fucking disgusting bunk bunkers and i won't support it i won't I support this <laughs> i don't want to see andy wear overalls with no shirt to be fair <laughs> i don't and know if anyone and does. a cowlick of his hair sticking straight up <laughs> But Bunk Bunkers, I am joined by a wonderful person. You know who she is based on Bunker lore, but she is just so much more than that. It is the wonderful, it is the uh it is the bubbly, it is the uh the just absolutely uh wonderful Natalie O'Hamilton is here. Hey. Hi Natalie. <laughs> I'm like a seltzer of a person. You are. You are the bubbly or la croix. Are you a pomplemousse? What are you? Oh, I love la pomplemousse. La pomplemousse. I'm not the coconut one. I don't like that one. Wow, get fucked, coconuts. Sorry. Um, You're not cuckoo for coconuts. I don't like the cola one either. That's gross. I think all uh, seltzer waters are absolutely disgusting. Uh, I despise them. they taste like a fart to you? They taste like farts, burps, and... uh, (laughs) And ass juice, which I guess is different from a fart. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't found the right one. I don't know. Maybe you're the ass juice flavor of seltzer, (laughs) but you have like a fancy French name. That's true. La ass ass juice. (laughs) (laughs) Jus de ass. (laughs) What is ass in French? It's like cool. Oh my gosh. I'm going to look this up. Now, I will say this, though. I do like a Topo Chico. Oh, and yes. You being from, well, not being from, but being in the Austin area, the Texas Austin area, 
Yes. You are familiar with Topo Chico. Topo Chico is a way of life down here. Um, I do like a Topo Chico. People will buy like um, souvenir shirts that say like Texas Chica on it and like the Topo Chico lettering. So it's like a very, um, very Austin thing to like. Reminds me of a screen name I used to have. Oh my God, what was it? Texas Chica. Texas Chica, 89. Um, And Natalie, you are here today to discuss today's topic, um, which comes to us from a bunk funker. So I I should shout this out because this was a long time in the making. I can't think of anybody better to actually talk about this topic. This is the Bartonville Asylum, a haunted asylum here from uh, your origin state and my current state, Illinois. 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 And this came to us from a bunk funker. This is from Jake Lofthouse from Peoria, Illinois. Thank you, Jake, for this fantastic topic. Thanks, Jake. Um, Yeah, this is uh, so 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 paranormal stories. As we know, in your lore, you are probably the most believer of any of our little bunker crew here, right? Is that what I say? I am. I like. I want to believe. I like to believe. I think it's like. Fun, you know, yeah. I, I you have this weird I'm... thing about you where like you're able to have fun and you have like a good personality <laughs> and people generally like gravitate towards you. It's something that I don't understand. I've never been able to capture it. It, it is me. weird. You're right to call me weird about that. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I, I'm always uh, I'm a spooky person, I think. And nice. not in like a like Lydia from Beetlejuice. Kind of <laughs> no, you're not guys. a goth in any way. I'm not a, I would say I'm like, I'm not anti-goth, but I'm like opposite goth. Yeah. I'm like the opposite end of the spectrum, but I right. can appreciate gothicism. You um, appreciate what they're passionate about. Yeah, yeah. And also it's like genuinely interesting to me, like yes. hauntings and ghosts. And I, I was totally into watching like travel channel haunted That's asylum right. stuff. Like when I was a teenager, Wow, um, that was like any time I was like flipping through the channels late at night in the summertime. And there was like haunted asylum. Like, yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> woo, record this. Um, <laughs> recorded on the TiVo DVR. Literally like DVR this. We had Comcast <laughs> cable. Uh, and I definitely filled up our DVR with like ghost hunter stuff like that. I don't know. Wow. I just, well, and that's why I think Mr. Bunker recruited you this week to do mm-hmm. the research and to write our research portion, this was this was handcrafted by Natalie O'Hamilton. All Thank credit. You. I was in I was in her. the lab for you weeks. Were, you were in the lab for weeks. You were in the you were. I mean, I, I apologize for the smell. Uh, it's been nearly three years. We don't know what's causing it. It honestly, it's probably one of us. Um, it's the sandwiches in the fridge. You know, the little mini fridge where you're supposed to keep your. Is bacteria. that what those are? <laughs> yeah, they used to be sandwiches three years ago. Uh, I thought there was some weird experiment where uh, Mr. Booker was trying to grow <laughs> mushrooms or something. Psychedelic mushrooms. They're yeah. quite fuzzy. Um, but, you know, so this is a very ghost-heavy topic. Bunk Funkers, you're going to love this one. As always, you can check out the timestamp. It'll be in the show notes. But I think you should stick around because, Natalie, I want to talk to you. You mentioned a little bit earlier that you might have a little bit of a Fresh new ghost story. Yes, to, I do. To tell us. I do. Um, um, which I is very just exciting. got off. I just got off the phone with my mom to ask her permission to share this story with you all. Um, this is hot off the press. This is the Krispy Kreme off the fucking 
factory line of ghost stories. Hotly glazed. (laughs) The neon sign is on. You know what? I'll take a fucking day old Krispy Kreme any day rather than a hot fresh one. You know what? I didn't have Krispy Kreme until I was like in college. I never grew up eating them. My parents Whoa. were like, oh, we don't really like Krispy Kreme, so we're like never going to get them. Um, and hell? I think they're like only good when they're hot. Wow. Um, I know. That's like, that's I my... know that my opinion is like opposite the norm because everyone's like, oh, you got to have those Krispy Kremes hot and fresh, dude. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Who talks like that? I don't know. These weird Krispy Kreme fanatics. <laughs> And I'm like, I just, they're too, it's just too much. It's way too rich and like hot and like gooey. I want it like a day old. I want that glaze crusty. Like it's been yeah. at the bottom of a sock. I want that donut <laughs> nice, nice and like room temp. It's settled. It's not as like fluff. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Maybe that's why I'm a non-seltzer person. I Well, you know what? It's okay. Own oh, okay. own your feelings. It's okay to feel how you feel. Mm, um, right. I'm here. Here. Art, I yeah. hear you. Thank you. I feel you. All right. I love you. You wow. are beautiful. Thank you can you. do anything. This is fantastic. Um, All right. I'm going from like validating your, check your feelings. will be in the mail. Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> I'm going from validating your feelings to like a Lizzo keynote speech. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> why I... you have that flute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I have my flute. That's why I'm currently twerking on the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you have the hot off the presses fucking ghost story. I do. To yeah. To entertain um, us in the bunk funkers. Yeah. Uh, so my mom actually saw a ghost in our house. Um, your childhood back, home. Yes. In the home oh that God. I grew up in that my parents like still live in. Um, they, my mom saw a ghost. Um, I wasn't even born when this happened. My brother was born. Um, so... Back in the 80s, the magical era, wow. the magical decade of the 80s, um, my mom had like a group of high school friends um, that she was supposed to like get together with one day during the week. It was supposed to be like a Tuesday and she couldn't go for s- some reason. Um, something was happening, but uh, my brother was like a year old, maybe. Yeah. Um, so she couldn't go hang out with like her high school friends. And um, one of her friends is this lady, Mary Ellen. And they were like, they were probably like 25 when this happened. Okay. Um, Young, so, hip, hair teased, bang, yeah. large bangles on their wrists. Big glasses. Know, it was big more like big glasses. glasses oh my shoulder God, pads. Yeah, shoulder um, pads. There you go. She definitely wore like pantyhose with gym shoes. <laughs> oh yeah that that is like when i remember like you know yeah like yeah style from back then oh my god it was the style at the time so um she was supposed to hang out with mary ellen and some of her high school friends and she couldn't for some reason probably my brother's fault but um so it was a tuesday and then um the next day mary ellen got really sick like okay. suddenly really sick, but she had always had like a heart condition Ooh, okay. um, where the doctor said that she like wouldn't live past the age of 14. So the fact that she was like 25 is like pretty crazy. And then um, so she unfortunately got like really sick. And then my mom and my dad and my brother went up to Wisconsin to go to this dude ranch for the weekend. And when they came back to our house, um, there was a, 
a voice message on the answering machine that Mary Ellen had died. And my mom was like, oh, my God, like I was I could have seen her not a week ago, you know, not even. And she unfortunately was like so sick that she passed away. Oh, my God. And um, so, yeah, like really sad, super sudden. And obviously, like this is her peer. Like she, they're really young still, like 25, you know. So my mom um, was like pretty upset and she went downstairs to our basement to go do laundry from like the dude ranch. And so she was like in like kneeling in front of the washing machine and like had like the suitcase open and was just like putting clothes into the washing machine. And she happened to turn to her left and there's like these wash tubs right next to like our washer and dryer. And she like turned to her left and like Mary Ellen was standing right there. Wow. And it was just like this fleeting moment where like Mary Ellen was there and then she wasn't. And um, also I should mention this um, colloquially, like her nickname was Smell. (laughs) So when my mom was telling me the story, she's like, Smell was right there, you know. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, my mom like saw Smell's ghost. Wow. And... um, she said that she wasn't scared. She it was very peaceful and she okay. was very calm and my mom was just like wow, like I didn't get to see her. And so yeah, she but she kind of got that closure. Yeah, she felt wow. like smell like came to like say goodbye. Um but yeah, my mom was like I was so surprised that I wasn't freaked out and I wasn't like really scared because normally that stuff would like really scare me. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. And so um yeah, so that was like my mom's ghost story. So she saw a ghost like in our house. Wow. And that's a positive ghost story, which is not yeah. one that's normally covered. It's such you know, a O'Sullivan really thing to be like Oh, I like this like horrifying thing happened, but it was actually really good, you know, <laughs> like to like put a positive that is, that's spin very, on it. You guys, yes, yeah. Um, but I, mm, my mom did say that like she's like that didn't freak me out, but like what really freaked me out is like when I had a dream about my dad right after he died. Wow. Um, and she was like, it was like seeing. I was really scared because in her dream she saw her dad who had like just passed away my grandpa and in her dream he was like oh like I'll see you soon um me and Barney are waiting for you and like Barney was this like old beagle that like my mom's sister-in-law's dad had (laughs) wow um so weird so yeah like in her dream she dreamt that like her dad was like, oh, yeah, like, we'll see you soon, you know, and she thought she thought it was like this really weird omen of like, she's going to die soon. And she really oh my freaked God. out <laughs> when it happened. Um, and I remember because like my grandma was living with us like right after my grandpa died. And my I remember my mom like crying and telling my grandma that and being like, I saw I saw dad and he said he's going to see me soon. And I was like, whoa, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah, you guys are very in touch with like different omens and and things (laughs) and like, like, you know, the connection between a spiritual world and the 
whatever fucking physical world that we inhabit, right? I mean, we're a very close family, I would say. Yes. I don't think even like the realms of like death could separate us. Um, <laughs> you guys would be haunting each other. We'll be haunting each other. I know my dad's going to be like pulling pranks on us, you know, oh, like God my damn mom it. will, I'm sure, will be goofing I around. Fucking love it. Um, I mean, like, I've already said this to, like, Ian. We've already agreed, like, we'll haunt each other when we're You dead. guys did mention that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You made a ghost pact. We have a ghost pact. You, you have a ghost pact, lover's pact, that well, you will haunt each other. Well, also, I was like, oh, Ian, like, I'm going to come back and, like, I'll be a rabbit. So, like, anytime you see a rabbit, you'll, like, think of me. And he was like, no, fuck that. Like, don't haunt me as a rabbit. That's awful. <laughs> like, yeah, I would. I, I have to agree with Ian there. Rabbits are. Uh, you are also rabbit. hate rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> like, so funny. And they shit everywhere. I mean, you'd be shitting ghost pellets all over the house. Natalie. Or would oh. you be, like, outside? Like what, like, uh, like, what kind of rabbit? Well, there's like a thing, you know, like when people right. um, are like, oh, like I saw a cardinal and that's my dad. You right, know? right, um, right. And I mean, oh, actually, I have like a crazy bird story. Like a lot of people say like Oof. birds. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. This is like extremely <laughs> triggering to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, my grandma died like four years ago and um, I was at my fa- my parents' house for like maybe like 10 days, like during everything, you know. Um, And it was, it happened to be like Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And obviously like Mother's Day was like a huge thing because like my mom and my grandma and I, or, you know, they would like go shopping or get brunch or like whatever. Um, So the morning of Mother's Day, like it must have been, I don't know, not even two weeks after my grandma died, um, a bird got into our back porch. Wow. <laughs> uh, and shit on everything like there was just like poo and like my mom like hangs her clothes on the back porch to like air them out like air dry everything fucking birds man and like there's just like poo everywhere and this poor bird we have no idea how it got in to our back porch um and my mom was like Okay, mom. Okay. No, we, yes, we recognize you. Like, we, you're still here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually had a, I'm going to keep telling my mom's stories. Um, she <laughs> had, uh, she had a really weird experience actually, like right after my grandma died, her mom, um, she used to drive like a Hyundai Elantra and it had like a Bluetooth phone system. So it'd yeah. be like, who do you want to call or whatever? And anytime, like right after my grandma died, anytime she needed to call anybody, like call Nat, be like calling mom and it would call her mom. And my mom would be like, no, call Chris calling mom. And it would like keep calling my grandma. Yeah. And my mom would like (laughs) freak out and like, Kind of, not like breakdown, but it was like so. Yeah, it was very traumatizing. Very traumatizing to like have like, and they would be. It was just so weird because like this none computer of the people, to be like, oh, you want to call your mother who you can never speak to again? Literally, like <laughs> what? What a oh my god! Kick her while she's down. Why don't yeah, you? Yeah. But like, it'd be calling people like, or she would try calling people that sound nothing like mom, and wow. it would always call, and it it went on for like two weeks, three weeks maybe, but my mom was like, Jesus. what is happening? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Um, so yeah, That's I think incredible. my mom has like a, she has like a ghosty, like spiritual realm. Yeah. She's definitely, um, 
She's definitely got something going on there. Um, definitely. I mean, yeah, you guys are very, every time we speak, it's, there's always a new interesting story or thing that you guys have uncovered or experienced. Yeah. Um, I think you guys kind of, you know, you leave yourselves open to that maybe more so than, um, you know, me, me or Andy ever do. And um, that's why we like hearing about it. Cause it's like, yeah. you just look at the world and it's like a gray, you know, disgusting blob and <laughs> there's just no joy or fun and we're miserable, horrible people. Oh my God. No, but, you're not. You're beautiful. Yeah. No, well, beautiful in the way that like, you know, um, like, you know, really ugly dogs are beautiful. Like, <laughs> You know how like really they have like competitions for. Like, I was just gonna say dog. those ugly dogs win competitions <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> if We're that thoroughbred a- ugly dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but oh um, no, I appreciate you sharing those stories, and I appreciate your mom. Shout out to shout out to Mrs. Julio. Shout out to Julio Saint for, Julie um, Saint Julie for allowing us to. Use those stories. We very much appreciate it. And we appreciate you sharing with us. And she will listen um, to this. She does like when well, we're fantastic. A uh, big shout out to Julie. Oh, hello. <laughs> I've never met you, but you sound like a wonderful person. She's great. She's fantastic. <laughs> and now she's like, I'm blushing. Well, she's listening to this. I know she is. We're very simpatico. We're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're both very lovely people. But, um, you know, Natalie, you researched today's topic. I want to ask you, well, actually, you know what? Let's save that. Let's save that for after the Ooh, research. I think. I think we should get into it. I you think we got to start giving. Yeah, yeah, the bunk funkers have to listen so they can yeah. figure out what you're going to ask me now. You played right. them. Very well right. done, Art. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've got your spatulaire ready to go. You've ready to serve up some whole enchilada. It's right that you've got two of them. Oh, my God. You've got two on both hands. Oh, you're doing karate chop motions. You're ready to I'm slice and dice up. Iron Chef. Oh, this is Iron Chef. Okay, you're biting out of a large pepper. I see. Okay. Um, you're ready to serve up some whole enchilada. I am too, Natalie. I want to. This is a fun one. This is, um, again, all credit to Natalie O'Hamilton. Um, I had so writer, much fun researching this. Writer, researcher extraordinaire. Um, <laughs> I was working in the lab late one night. She was working in the lab. Um, this is the Bartonville Asylum here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Farm, Looney Bin, Laughing Academy, Booby Hatch, Nut House. No, Bung Funkers, these aren't the names of improv troops I have auditioned for and been rejected by over the years, nor are they various strip clubs that you can pay a visit to during a cross country road trip. Well, except for Booby Hatch and Nut House. You can see those on the back roads. Oh, I auditioned for Laughing Academy. They sent me a letter saying I was on their wait list. I'll never get that hour of my life back. But Art, those other ones are just a few crude nicknames for psychiatric hospitals, formerly known as lunatic asylums. These wards became commonplace in the United States during the mid-1800s due to the onslaught of institutionalization and were used to treat a variety of health issues, tuberculosis, hysteria, schizophrenia, catatonia, melancholia, and more. 
But what went on behind closed doors was no laughing matter. In spite of the asylum boom during the 19th and early 20th centuries, oftentimes these facilities couldn't keep up with the influx of patients. Over time, these hospitals that were intended to keep people usually ended up making matters worse. Due to overcrowding, lack of training and funding and compassion, something I'm familiar with, and a general sense of malaise, also something I'm familiar familiar with, uh, asylums became synonymous with cruel and unusual treatment methods like shock treatment. And bloodletting. And ice baths. Ooh, and mercury pills. Oh, yeah, and lobotomies. Can't forget lobotomies or cages and chains and handcuffs and straitjackets. Oh, baby. Yep, all that and more real sicko freak on a leash shit. I mean, somebody call fucking Jonathan Davis because we got corn over here. Oh, God. Freak on a leash? (laughs) All right. Great corn song. Corn with a K. Of course. (laughs) Corn with a K. Of course, ghosts are known to have a sicko freak on a leash kink, so it's not surprising that asylums all over the United States and the world have been hotbeds for paranormal activity long after any patients dwelled there. In a little state, you might have heard of it, called Illinois, near a little town called Peoria, in a little time frame called the turn of the century. Heard of it? Stood, (laughs) have you heard of it? Stood such a place. Now, using context clues, which I learned in the fifth grade, and comprehensive reading skills, which I learned last week, (laughs) I've gathered that today's topic is the Bartonville Asylum, Natalie. Woo! (laughs) Even though Peoria State Hospital is technically the hospital's real name, Natalie and I will be referring to it by its colloquial name, Bartonville Asylum, or simply Bartonville. Uh, Bartonville being the name of the village where the hospital is located. No matter what you want to call it, this central Illinois psychiatric institution has been the site of hauntings and odd occurrences since its doors opened in 1902. The spooky history of Bartonville Asylum starts in 1895 when the Illinois General Assembly met, fell in love, got married, and had a baby. They named the baby Illinois Asylum for the Incurable Insane, which they thought had a nice ring to it. This baby was originally constructed to look like a medieval castle with battlements and turrets and the like. It was totally foreboding and intimidating. The mere size of the structure was overwhelming and dark. All right, let's play the dating game, but instead of dating, it's institutionalization and you've been labeled by the state of Illinois as clinically insane. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, sounds good. You're one lucky duck, Art, because you get to pick your facility. Bachelorette number one is a peaceful retreat with lots of fresh air, sunlight, and artful therapeutic activities. Okay, sounds cute. Bachelorette number two is a clinical hospital with padded walls and emphasis on pharmaceuticals, psychological approaches, and intensive therapy sessions. Oh, doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. And bachelorette number three is fit for a king such as yourself because it's literally a castle. Built atop abandoned mine shafts strewn throughout the property, not fit for progressive medicine whatsoever, and gives off a general Medieval Times-esque vibe minus the dinner and tournament. Huh. Are there uh, horsies and mozies? There are none. Huh. Is bachelor number three's structural integrity sound? Not in the least. Huh. Well, are there any medieval torture devices? Mm, it didn't say on their profile, but I think it's safe to assume the answer is yes. 
Wow, you're really selling it to me. I think I'm going to have to go with Bachelorette number three, Natalie. Ooh, tough titties, Arthur. For that abandoned mineshaft I referred to as one of the main reasons why the entire structure was raised in 1897 before any patients ever entered the building. Ah, fart! My other catchphrase! (laughs) Ah, fart! That one got away! Even though the mine shaft was cited as the reason for the castle being demolished, in the 1920s, the hospital went on record to explain that the first building erected was a facsimile of a feudal castle. But before it was occupied, it was found to be wholly out of harmony with modern ideas for the care of the insane, and it was raised and replaced by the present cottage plan under the direction of Dr. Frederick Howard Wines, the able secretary of the State Board of Charities. Now, new construction was completed in 1902 with a new administrator, Dr. George A. Zeller, at the helm. At the time, a popular design for state hospitals was the Kirkbride plan. Uh, This consisted of long, staggered hospital wings designed to let in plenty of sunlight and air circulation meant to have a, you know, curative effect on lunacy. Um, Renowned spooky asylums with the Kirkbride plan are... Uh, Danvers State Hospital and Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, and among others. Um, Only Bartonville's main building is built on the Kirkbride plan, and Dr. Zeller's intention for the hospital design used a cottage system with 63 different buildings on the 215-acre property, including a nurse's home, a power station, a store, and a domestic building with laundry services, a kitchen, and a bakery as well as housing for patients and staff. There was even a zoo. They bought a zoo. We bought a zoo. Someone called Matt Damon. (laughs) I mean, this thing is starting to look like that uh, race car rug that I had in my basement when I was a little kid. (laughs) A unique feature of this new building construction was the lack of restraints or window bars. What a novel fucking thing uh, throughout the entire complex. (laughs) Have you ever lived in a place with window bars? Because Ian and I did in Brooklyn. (laughs) I don't think I can say that I have, but it's, uh, it's not <laughs> cute. <something> else. <laughs> it's necessary, but it wasn't it wasn't nice. Oh, wow. Yikes. <laughs> but that is unique. Dr. Zeller's M.O. skewed cruelty free, as it were. I'm sure he never used soaps and cosmetics tested on animals and sorted his recycling into paper, plastics and glass. Dr. Zeller was considered a pioneer in mental health treatment, especially for the time. His focus on therapeutic treatments on patients was widely respected, and he believed in an open-door policy, often inviting reporters and members of the community to visit the hospital to see the progress being made there. In fact, Dr. Zeller was so progressive, in 1907 he dropped the word incurable from the name of the hospital because he believed that no patient was incurable, no matter how insane. Two years later, the name was finally changed to Peoria State Hospital. Now, one of the major creep factors for asylum is the D-E-A-D, which, you know, I believe is an acronym for doctors everywhere always doctoring. God, you ever meet a fucking doctor and they're always like, oh, I'm Dr. This. Nice to meet you, Art. I'm Dr. Blah, blah, blah. I'm here to examine your frail corpse of a body. It's so fucking pretentious. Like, if you have to shove your title in my face, just get just get away from me. You don't see me going, oh, I'm co-host art. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they even put it on their fucking plane tickets, you know, Natalie? Now boarding Dr. What's-His-Face in group one, probably. Um, you okay, dude? 
<sighs> Listen, I mean, Natalie, between you and me, I'll cut this out in post, but uh, I have an anal physical coming up and I'm not excited about it. Oh, Art, that's your annual physical. I saw the postcard on your fridge. So they're just going to weigh you and check your heart rate and stuff. Oh, God. Thank God. Jesus Christ. I was wondering why they put that on a postcard. Oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck? You're going to tell everybody that you're fucking sticking stuff on my butt? <laughs> that's my personal pocket, not yours. Honestly, Art, I really feel like next time you buy plane tickets, you should put your title as co-host so they can announce <laughs> you. Co-host of what? Uh, a fucking very lucrative podcast. <laughs> but Art, you're totally right. The DEAD, a.k.a. the dead, are a huge part of what makes asylums majorly creepy and uncomfortable. Dr. Zeller had a plan, though. The hospital had four cemeteries on its grounds, and Dr. Zeller claimed responsibility for the burials of unclaimed patients who died on the premises. Some of these patients entered the hospital after being transferred from different facilities. Sadly, due in part to their mental state and the lack of intake forms, these patients were oftentimes nameless. Dr. Zeller created a burial corps made up of staff members and patients. Even if the patients were still considered disturbed, they were competent enough to dig graves and bury the dead. Herein lies the most well-known story to come from Bartonville Asylum, Old Book, and the Graveyard Elm. One of the more unusual grave diggers in Zeller's burial corps was Old Book, or A. Bookbinder. Apparently, Old Book suffered a severe mental breakdown at a printing press in Chicago, so severe it rendered him mute. No one knew his real name. An arresting officer marked his occupation as a quote-unquote bookbinder, and a county clerk accidentally entered that his, that in, in his name, a bookbinder. Henceforth, known as Old Book, Dr. Zeller took a liking to him. He was strong, healthy, and capable, albeit uncommunicative. Old Book was well-known and well-liked throughout the hospital, and he was well-suited for his new occupation as a gravedigger. Out of respect for the dead, each patient was given a funeral even though they were unclaimed and essentially a stranger. In spite of this, at every funeral, while the other gravediggers would stand aside as the caskets were lowered, Old Book would remove his cap and begin crying for the loss of another unknown. He was so taken by these funeral services that he would lean against an elm tree in the graveyard and loudly weep, openly sobbing until he was able to collect himself and continue his day. Now, after several years, eventually Old Book passed away, too. It was a significant loss that was felt by many. Dr. Zeller arranged the funeral and officiated the service that was attended by over 100 nurses and well over 300 spectators, staff, and patients. Old Book's casket was seated atop two crossbeams, waiting to be lowered into his grave by four men. According to Zeller, quote, Just as the choir finished the last lines of Rock of Ages, the men grasped the ropes, stooped forward, and with a powerful muscular effort prepared to lift the coffin in order to permit the removal of the crossbeams and allow it to gently descend into the grave. At a given signal, they heaved away the ropes, and the next instant, all four lay on their backs for the coffin instead of offering resistance, bounded into the air like an eggshell, as if it were empty. Obviously, people freaked the fog out. Some people ran away screaming. Some people leaned in closer to the grave to check out what was going on. In the midst of everything, people heard what sounded like weeping. 
they turn towards the graveyard elm only to see old Book himself leaning up against the tree, loudly crying as he had done at all the other funerals. People were stunned. Dr. Zeller asked the burial corps to remove the lid of the casket to ensure that the corpse was where it it should be. As soon as the lid was lifted, the crying suddenly stopped. People looked to the graveyard elm and old Book had vanished. Inside the casket was his corpse, lying ever so dead. Dr. Zeller wrote, It was awful, but it was real. I saw it, a hundred nurses saw it, and three hundred spectators saw it. Old Book's grave was left unmarked with no headstone to memorialize the hospital figure. Anyone who wanted to honor Old Book was pointed towards the graveyard elm. Curiously, just days after Old Book's funeral, the graveyard elm began to wither. Despite the hospital's best efforts to save this old tree, it continued to shrivel until it fully died. Workers tried to remove the dead tree, but at the first cut of the axe, the elm let out an agonizing, despairing cry of pain. When Dr. Zeller suggested the tree be burned instead, workers resisted as the flames caused the graveyard elm to emanate a loud, sobbing sound. Art, let me ask you this. If a tree uh-huh. sobs in a graveyard, but there's only the dead bodies of unnamed mental patients buried in the general vicinity, does it really make a sound? <sighs> boy, oh boy. Um, you know, that's for the eggheads to potter, Natalie. Mm. That's some pretty freaky stuff, Art. In, <laughs> true. in spite of the eventual removal of the tree and old book's death, his ghostly apparition and sounds of wailing and sobbing have been reported by numerous staff members, nurses, and patients over the years. Now, that's not the only freaky-deaky stuff that's happened at Bartonville. In its early days, Dr. Zeller welcomed a patient named Rhoda Derry through his hospital doors. The details of Rhoda Derry's case are particularly sad and uh, disturbing. Listener, uh, please be forewarned. Rhoda became a patient at Bartonville in 1904, when she was 70 years old. Now, considering the average life expectancy for men and women was 46 and 49, respectively, at the time, being 70 was like fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, Coupled with the fact that Rhoda had been in and out of asylums and almshouses since the mid-1800s, I mean, her old age was an extraordinary feat. She was like a Galapagos turtle. (laughs) Rhoda's story begins as a teenager in Adams County, Illinois. For any Illinoisans or Midwestern geography nutbusters listening, that's around Quincy, right on the Mississippi River. Anywho, Rhoda was a typical teenage girl who had fallen deeply in love with a farm boy named Charles Phoenix. Rhoda's family, I know. (laughs) Rhoda's family was rumored to be linked with witchcraft. Her grandmother was apparently a witch, and this association was bad for their family name. It caused Rhoda to be fearful of witches, and the people in Adams County usually kept their distance from the dairies. But Charles and Rhoda loved each other and couldn't keep away. They wanted to get married. When Charles's mom, Nancy, found out about their forbidden love, she banned him from going anywhere near that dairy girl or her witchy family. She might have even said, ooh, witchy woman. <laughs> I would assume so. That song's been around forever. Yeah, definitely since the <laughs> totally 1800s. since the mid eighteen hundreds. Now, Nancy Phoenix, 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 Fen. I think it's Phoenix. Phoenix sounds too much like uh, penis, Phoenix. which is like penis. 
But also Phoenix sounds like penis, <laughs> so it really could okay. be any of those. Nancy Penis. <laughs> uh, Nancy Phoenix confronted Rhoda and threatened to put a fucking hex on her if she continued to see her son. Now, this was the start of, of Rhoda's spiral uh, into madness. Now, funny that Nancy, who was so fucking up in arms about witchcraft, would threaten to use witchcraft on Rhoda. I mean, that's like starting the war to fight for peace. Or getting a salad at McDonald's, but then going back to McDonald's later on to get more food because I only ate a salad, so I'm still hungry. But it's okay because I just ate a salad today, so it's not so bad. Yeah, I'll take a number one meal, no pickles, fries, and um, can I have a McFlurry as a drink? No? Okay, can I have a shamrock shake as a drink? You know what? Can you just put some more fries in a drink cup for me? (gasps) You can! Oh, boy, Natalie, you're gaming the system, and you will get caught. No, I won't. (laughs) Some fries in a drink cup. (laughs) Put a lid on it. Why do I know that that is a personal story? (laughs) That is a person that it came from real life, that is truth being written. I recently just had my first Big Mac, and I think a lot about getting another Big Mac (laughs) a lot. And so I'm like, I'm going to try that. I want to see if it'll work. Oh, my God. Well, anywho. Nancy was all, don't touch my son because you're a witch. Let me do some literal witchcraft on you like a fucking hypocrite that she is and threatened to hex Rhoda. Now, were these merely empty threats to scare away a, a teenager away or did Nancy really do some witchy magic on Rhoda? I mean, from that point on, Rhoda began hearing voices and hallucinating, seeing visions of Nancy haunting her in her house and also seeing old Scratch, the devil himself. Beelzebub. Um, this descent into madness brought Rhoda to the Jacksonville Mental Hospital, um, where, you know, but when they deemed her incurable, she was sent back home. Rhoda's family then sent her to an almshouse in Adams County, who were also unable to care for her. An almshouse, for those in the audience who don't know, is a last resort for mental patients and paupers who are forced to leave state hospitals due to a lack of treatment or overcrowding. In Rhoda's case, treatment was abysmal. She further derailed at the almshouse, becoming violent towards other patients and herself. Her hallucinations of old scratch became more vivid and frequent, causing her to scratch out her own eyes to stop the visions. The almshouse staff felt they had no other option and placed Rhoda in a Utica crib. Now, Utica cribs were a cruel form of confinement used to restrain adult patients, Named for the New York State Lunatic Asylum in Utica, New York, a Utica crib is described as, quote, long, narrow, and from 15 to 30 inches high with slats for the sides, the top, and sometimes the bottom. The person restrained could neither stand up nor get out, end quote. Rhoda was forced into a Utica crib um, covered in a canvas tarp and was confined there for 40 years. Due to her lack of movement, her legs atrophied. Her knees were drawn up uh, to her chin, permanently disabling her. When Dr. Zeller heard about Rhoda from the state board, he was quoted as saying, quote, send her along, God bless her, end quote. Once Rhoda was admitted to Bartonville, she was released from her cage, treated with kindness, bathed daily, and slept in a bed for the first time in decades. Now, unable to walk upright, She crawled on her hands, dragging herself around the hospital hallways. Rhoda's sad life had a hopeful end. 
Her case study was used to secure greater funding and services for the mentally disabled in Bartonville and Illinois State Hospitals. She lived out her days in Dr. Zeller's care until her death, one day shy of her 72nd birthday, on October 9, 1906. Rhoda is buried in grave number 217 on the hospital grounds. Dr. Zeller wrote that, quote, Passing of this most unfortunate woman calls for more than formal notice, as she was alone in her class, and it is not likely that her duplicate could be found in the United States or in the world, end quote. Now, there's a whole show about her, right, Natalie? What, Rhoda? Um, <laughs> Natalie, I think you mean whom, Rhoda? I'm talking about the TV show Rhoda. Yeah, Rhoda. The show is a show about Rhoda, right? Rhoda the TV show is a Mary Tyler Moore spinoff about Mary Tyler Moore's best friend Rhoda, who's very spunky and fashionable and is seen as unconventional by her Jewish family's expectations, and it was made in the 1970s. Using context clues and comprehensive reading skills, I'm willing to conclude that this Rhoda and that Rhoda are not the same Rhoda. And I mean, like, you know, if it is, they've taken some poetic licenses with that story. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, most definitely. For decades throughout the 1900s, Bartonville Asylum became a haven for tuberculosis patients. The Pollock Hospital was built on the property and opened in 1949 to help cure patients with the disease. Unfortunately, many of the TB patients housed here succumbed to their ailments and died. Visitors, staff, patients, ghost hunters, and trespassers reported eerie feelings in the hospital. And there have been numerous reports of folks having scratches on their legs or feeling movement around their legs. Found at the same height as where Rhoda would have crawled. But what about this Dr. Zeller himself, huh? Well, he died in the hospital in 1938, and some would say he never left. People felt that he continued to haunt the hallways of Bartonville, still doing rounds and checking in on patients or visitors. Now, Natalie, if you became a ghost... Which of the various jobs you've held throughout your life would you choose to haunt? Damn, that's tough. If Borders Books wasn't already long dead, I'd love to be a Borders ghost, but I guess I'll have to settle for being an Old Navy ghost. Shout out to Bunk Funker, friend of the podcast and former Old Navy employee, Justin Link. Will you haunt an Old Navy after you die? Write in and let us know. I don't know what's scarier, alive Justin working at an Old Navy or ghost Justin working at an Old Navy. Wait, so Justin as a ghost would have to work there? He wouldn't even get to haunt it? I mean, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Justin. Uh, ghost Justin, please go fold those jeans. <laughs> yeah, ghost Justin, we need somebody to um, clean up the fitting rooms because they're a mess right now. Uh, Joe Gustin, it's even in- dollar flip-flop day, so <laughs> just get ready, okay? And we got to sell some of those Old Navy flag shirts. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, even in death, I mean, goddamn, she loved those American flag tees and dollar flip-flops. <laughs> That's true. So, Art, do the ghosts of Bartonville Asylum still linger? If so, they definitely don't have as much room to haunt anymore. Bartonville Asylum closed in 1973, and most of the buildings were destroyed or sold at auction. Now, as of September to, uh, 2017, only 12, 12 of the 63 buildings remained on the property, including um, Pollock, the only hospital left on the premises. Pollock Hospital is still open, but only for historical tours and paranormal investigations. 
Of course, the cemeteries are still around. Visitors are able to visit the graves of Rhoda Derry, Old Book, uh, which actually I just found out somebody in like 2010 did find like his grave and put like a little memorial there. So if you are in Peoria and you want to visit Old Book, you can because the tree is no longer there, the graveyard album. Um, But you can also visit the grave of a patient uh, with one very adventurous lineage, Emily Belcher, the last surviving descendant of the legendary explorer Sir Francis Drake, was treated by Dr. Zeller and died in 1928. Now, it's possible that things still go bump in the night here. For many of the patients, this asylum was their only home and one of the only places they received care and compassion. For others, their traumatic experiences keep them wandering the grounds. Either way, these spirits seem to continue seeking treatment at Bartonville Asylum. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, Each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. All right, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was Natalie's research of the Bartonville Asylum. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, still with me today, Natalie O'Sullivan. No Hamilton <laughs> Sullivan. No Hamilton. Um, Natalie O'Sullivan Hamilton. Now, have you ever been to the Bartonville Asylum? 
No, I've not. Really? I've been to Peoria, okay. but not to the asylum. Yeah, I don't think I've been there either. Have you been to that? What's the Joliet has a haunted jail, right? Yeah. And there's like a they do a uh, haunted house there every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. That actually was like a big thing. Like if you Google Bartonville Asylum, yeah. what comes up is like the haunted house that they have. It's kind of like a haunted trails thing. Um, oh, okay. Have uh, pretty interesting Google reviews for the Bartonville Asylum haunted house. People were like, "Well, I arrived on crutches," and they were like, "This is going to be a problem for you." I'm like, who is doing a haunted trail on crutches? Like, that sucks. And I, like, love the, like, let's keep the party going yeah. vibe. But also, like, just heal, my friend. Yeah. Just because you're at a hospital doesn't mean that they're going to be able to help you out here. Come on, babe. Or, or at least, you know, is make that your costume. Something like that. So, you, so you've never been to Bartonville. Both of us haven't. Have you been in any other, like, have you visited any other main, like, haunted places or, or things like that? Um, um, maybe Illinois specific or no? You don't really go on a lot of ghost tours? Um, I'm trying to think of, like, where I visited that's, like, might have been haunted. I've been in, like, the John Hancock building. I've been in, like, the Congress Hotel. Are those haunted? Um, yeah, definitely, oh, wow. definitely. Um, I've been inside the Drake Hotel. That's like a huge haunted thing. Um, I'm trying to think of like where else I've been. Um, I mean, honestly, like I used to live in Rhode Island, and um, mm. when I lived there, I <laughs> like always felt this like very heavy energy of like there's a lot of dead people here like and um uh, yeah it's really it's it's a very like historical old place to live and I lived um, on the east side of Providence which is where like Brown University and RISD are um, Rhode Island School of Design and there's a lot of like very old historical houses there and I was always just like am I gonna see a ghost like is there a ghost um I never saw one in Rhode Island, but I always had this, like, feeling that, like, there was just, like, this, like, energy of, like, ghosts around. Wow. And um, this was actually verified by the person, um, this uh, person named Rebecca Scheneker, who I bought, um, I purchased her tarot cards from. She, like, designed these beautiful tarot wow. cards. Wow. Laughing eye, weeping eye. I had a very odd experience with my tarot cards, and I emailed her about them. And my. I was like, I live in Rhode Island. And uh, she was like, wow, Rhode Island has like a lot of dead energy. Like, there's like a lot of ghosts. And death Island. was the card you were missing. No, you know no? what, actually, but it, oh, it, I was missing a card. Yeah, because you, you've, you've mentioned this to me. Yeah, before, yeah, I was I was missing I the Nine of Swords card. Oh, the Nine of Swords. Class. Which is, okay. it's a card that signifies, that. like, um, grief, anxiety, and sorrow. Wow. And when I emailed her, like, this is a card that I think about all the time, and that's why I bought your deck. And when I got your deck, I didn't have this card. She was like, whoa, man, like, you're not supposed to work with this card. Um, and that's, like, huge. Like, the fact that, like, your deck knew that. Like you need to like relief like the grief and anxiety and sorrow that you carry with you because it doesn't serve you. And I was it was just like a weight was lifted off me. And that was like in 2017. So I've been reading tarot cards for like five years now. So Um, you're getting pretty good at the tarot card. thing. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a thing that I'm like good at, but I definitely um, 
it's something. Well, how do you I don't get do, better at it? You just do it a lot. Honestly, okay. like I would are you ask like people memorizing what the meanings are and the ways that you reveal the cards or it comes with like a little pamphlet that's okay. like this card means this and this and this. And um, I don't do it a lot anymore. I used to do it all the time because I was like. I was like <laughs> desperately seeking guidance from something wow. like greater than myself. Okay. You know, like I just needed something to like push me in the right direction. I was feeling very lost at the time. And it really helped me. Um, but really, I would ask people, like, can I read your cards? Um, and now I kind of like will let a feeling wash over me. Like, if I have this like thought of like, I need to read my cards right now. Or it's honestly, it works with other people too. Like I'll have this, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just like this overwhelming feeling where I'm like, I need to be, read my friend's cards. Like something's going on. <laughs> it's like my spidey senses are tingling Wow. and I'll lay, I'll put like good intentions out or like intentions in with my cards and say like, please like cast a light over this person and, um, guide them if they need it and like how can we help them or like what do you need them to know and then I'll pull cards and then I'll uh, look on my little sheet that's like oh this means this and this means this and then I'll take a picture and send it to them and be like hey I just had this feeling I needed to like read for you Um, I hope that's okay I don't want to like freak you out but like I think you need to pay attention to these things and um, a lot of times people cry like (laughs) I make people cry a lot. Um, now you know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have to yeah. do anything with any cards. I just show up somewhere and they start <laughs> weeping. Oh, yeah. great. Art's here. Oh, God. <laughs> He's probably going to um, sit in the corner and ruin everybody's mood. <laughs> um, Eat fucking pistachios by himself and not talk to anybody at the party. Oh, I thought you were going to say like pasta fajol. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's Art with his big bowl of pasta for Joel. <laughs> eating by himself in the corner. Man, he's ruining the buzz. God, what a freak. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <sighs> but um yeah, I I don't mean to like make people cry, but Well, can the cards be bad? Like can you okay. pull something and they will say like, "Oh shit, like your friend is uh in danger." <laughs> so, I don't know. I wouldn't say that there's any like bad card in particular. Like the death card is actually like a wonderful card to pull because it's like a new beginning. It's oh, like a transition yeah, it's like period. A My death card is like super cute. <laughs> okay, it's like adorable. It's, it's like Kirby. It's like a <laughs> yeah, it's a Kirby card. Uh, it's Kirby with a it, little fucking like skull mask, and he's got and like a little scythe. He's oh, like, <gasps> <cute>. <laughs> yeah, sucking yeah. the life out of you, right? Um, no, my, my death card is like a gravestone with a skull on it, but there's like a flower and a butterfly with it. And it's like in death, there is so much life, you know, it's kind of like the Lion King when they're like, oh, like when we die, we become food for the gazelles, you know, like, so, um, uh, I wouldn't say that there's like any like particularly like bad card. There's certainly cards that like I've pulled over and over again and been like, damn, this is like I need to pay attention to this and I'm clearly not getting the message. (laughs) So that's kind of how you know. Like sometimes you'll just pull the same cards over and over again and you're like, okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got to get it. Wow. Um, Otherwise, um, one thing I want to say about tarot that like the first time someone pulled cards for me said to me, um, 
was your future is fluid. So when you, and it really depends on like what your intentions are when you pull them. Um, It's called a spread. So you can say like, I'm going to pull a spread for you. Like a past card, a present card, a future card. All right. And um, my future card was this nine of swords, which is this grief, anxiety, and sorrow. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel all the time. And Wait, she that was, was your like, future card? Yeah. And she was like, it's your future, but your future is fluid, which means that like you, you have the power, like you are in control. If you keep doing what you're doing in the present, um, it's going to continue to lead you down this path of grief, anxiety, and sorrow. So oh. you better get right with yourself and like make a change and do something. I just hit my mic. I'm sorry. You better okay. do something better um, for yourself and start healing yourself before you just like keep going down this. So really, you got the you better yeah. check yourself before you Shrek yourself kind of literally reading. Shrek too like <laughs> yeah yeah oh wow. my gosh I had to Shrek myself and it worked and honestly like since I've been reading tarot I've I've made so many positive changes in my life wow. and I I felt like I've been able to like open up to myself and like really like listen to my it's like the cascada song that's like listen to your heart, heart you know when calling for you. You. every um, high school dance hell yeah every high school every time dance. we touch we get this feeling and then everybody starts dancing yeah, yeah 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 in yeah. my forever 21 dress my polka dot dress probably <laughs> Like yeah, we we know we know. Um, but it's been it's it's good. I if you're curious about tarot, this is like what I'm putting out to the bunk bunkers. If you're curious about tarot, um, just like try to get a reading. Uh, see if someone will give you a reading, and just remember that your future's fluid, and um, it may put some things in perspective to you. Like that's really what I used it for. I was like, I need a greater perspective on like where my life is headed uh-huh. and um it really helped um wow. and that can kind of like fit into a lot of different categories for people some yeah, people, some people need a wake-up call in any kind of way right yeah yeah no and yeah. i mean people always say that right that like you know oh you need to go to therapy and it's like yeah therapy's great but like for some people therapy sometimes doesn't work or doesn't do the whole, whole thing or you know or whatever like yeah so i think too like my cards like I said there it's called the deck is called laughing eye weeping eye or lie why um my cards are beautiful um the art that's like really what I enjoyed so much about them they're not like a typical um tarot deck they're by this like incredible artist um Rebecca Schenecker and like they're just so pretty and sometimes like there's like been certain cards like I've had people read cards for me and I'm like, I don't want to touch your cards. Like, oh. can you touch your cards? I don't know. Like Jeez. some people are also really touchy about being like, I don't want you to touch my cards. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's really weird. Like there's this like push pull energy and some people are like, uh, I'm just going to. I'm just going to pull this for you. And then some people are like, oh, no, you can pull your own cards because this is for you, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, but I yeah, mean, is I, that is that the way that it always works? Is like you do a past, present, future spread, or are there different mm-mm. spreads? No, there's different Okay, so spreads. this is like a smorgasbord, so that you've got onion dip, you've got, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's got, a charcuterie of yeah, tarot. You, yeah, you've got spinach, artichoke, you've got, yeah. <laughs> I pull um, every year. 
every New Year's, I um, pull 13 cards for myself. So I pull a card for every month of the year that's coming up. And then I also pull like a year card or like a vibe card, I call it. A vibe card. Hey, this is like what the general vibe of your year is going to be. And then I write it down. And sometimes I check back in uh, after like a month is over and be like, oh, actually, that was very accurate. Mm-hmm. And um, I I also pull them for Ian every year, but he doesn't like to look at it until like the end of the year because he's like, I, I feel like it's too like it's um, pre- predictive and I oh he doesn't God. like that, which I respect because if you're it's such you're, an Ian thing, I can already if, see him. If you're pulling um, a card and it's like heartbreak or loss and he's like, oh, God, you know, like I don't want to like that. You don't want to fill him with dread. No, exactly. And it's like, how do I spin this? I don't want to like feel like I have to like spin it for him to make him feel like, you know, I don't want to make it any uh, uh, inauthentic in any way. Right. So I like secretly pull cards for him, write them down in like one of his notebooks. And then at the end of the year, I'm like, Hey, like, let's go through. Um, I don't even wow. remember if we did that last year. I know I pulled cards for him for 2021. I don't remember if we like ever went over them together. Yikes. <laughs> They're just in one of his notebooks somewhere. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Well, yeah. well, that's fantastic. I mean, um, it's very interesting to me cause I know nothing about any of that or how it works. I agree with you, though. I do really like the artwork of the different cards, and I think yeah. it's neat that way. But, um, yeah, I, I get what Ian's coming from. I feel like the – it would always stick in the back of my mind, like, oh, well, you know, I pulled this card, and, like, when's it going to – when's it all going to come crashing down, right? Exactly. But, um, yeah. yeah, and it's like, you know – there's actually there's a whole card about like when's it all gonna come crashing down. It's called the tower. It's uh, like that was like when my life was like feeling like I was in shambles and I kept yeah. pulling the tower and it was like everything that you have built up up until this point is falling to pieces at your feet. And I was like, cool, good. What do I do now? <laughs> um, but honestly, like reading tarot and like keep. Like right. continuing to like try to find like meanings from it was um, hugely impactful in my life. So wow, well, bunkfuckers, yeah. there you go, tarot expert Natalie Hamilton, and uh, <laughs> not an expert, just an enthusiast. <laughs> tarot enthusiast, tarot influenced. Um, you know, if you have an interest in tarot, let us know. Or if you've had interesting experiences using the tarot, let us know. Uh, what were your stories? Um, now. I mean, here's the thing, though, Natalie. It's you know we're talking uh, Bartonville Asylum here. Yeah. What, what do you make of some of this l- big haunted energy here, or you're not buying into it? I would have to say it's haunted. I yeah. mean, like it's um, pretty like a list S tier fucking haunted. Yeah, like I a mean, haunted th- asylum. Like, yeah. The thing is, too, like so many people came through these doors. Um, yeah. I'm going to pull up a number for you if I can find a number. It's it's definitely like in the several thousands. <laughs> um, you know, okay. so you can't like, okay, it's kind of like art. Have you ever been to Lollapalooza? Yeah, I, uh, I worked there for six years. What? Yeah, we probably crossed that. paths. <laughs> I mean, I, know it. I snuck into Lollapalooza once. Well, 
Slap on the wrist, Natalie. My high school boyfriend's mom was like a cop working security. So she was like, Uh right, come right this way. So you're like, okay. Um, But, uh, you know, when you like, when you go to like a festival grounds after everything's over and there's still just like a lot of like, like energy that's around and it's like, oh my God, there's been so many people here. I still like feel like the reverb. Uh huh. I feel like that absolutely like happens in huge institutions like this. Like there's hmm. no way that there is no reverb or like, you know, any sort of like There definitely is a certain energy to being in like a packed building, like going downtown to the Thompson Center and like or yeah. being even downtown. my high school. I went yeah, to Lane yeah, even Tech. high school. Yeah. You know, I went to Lane Tech, which is like a gigantic high school in Chicago, and it was really weird to like be there at night for like plays and stuff when like no one's there and you're like. Right. You're like the energy's off. Like what's going on here? Being there on a weekend, like being Mm -hmm. at your high school on a weekend or something when no one's there. Yeah. Very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like in those kind of places and especially in like a place of like hurt and healing and suffering and like death. Like there's so much like of that energy. And also. So I don't like hospitals. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. But also too, like for so many people, this was like a haven. Like that's true. Bartonville was like actually a, I mean, it's still some of the treatments obviously were like not great. You know, they were doing the best that they thought with the science at the time. And they were. Yeah. Being like, what if we actually like, hey, here, here's a, hear me out. What if we actually like treated these people like like human beings and not fucking rabid mongrels? Like, they were what, like, what if we did that? Let's take the bars off the window because we don't live in bed sty. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what if we what if we bathed them? What if they had baths? Okay, uh, just wild thought. Pillows. I don't know, like a pillow, maybe like kind of crazy. Let's fill the pillows with soft stuff and feathers instead of old bones. Like, what if we did that? Yeah. Would no, be I mean, kooky. Like, it's like, like crazy. Louise. Yeah. Um, what if we like clothed them? I don't know. If we clothed <laughs> our patients, kind of wild, but let's no, try I it. mean, the, the asylum, the institution, it is like, you know, it's a trope, but it's also like, I mean, you know, it's, it's still a thing that even till today is like, they're, they're just these places of abuse and neglect. Mm. When you hear the horror stories about um, nursing homes and, there's always one you always look like you can look up any nursing home in the news and it's like there's always some story about like oh they were like fuck like fucking just like abusing the shit out of the patients and like you know it's awful you just think about that and it's like um yeah people were just left there to be abandoned essentially and um but you're right Bartonville was kind of like a positive in a you know plague Kind of, uh, Bartonville was the most woke know. of asylums at the time. <laughs> yeah, Bartonview was like, Bartonville was like virtue signaling for yeah. sure. It was like, well, we don't restrain our patients. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, okay, this is bringing it back to like way back in the bunker lore. Um, that story I told about that person that was waiting on my porch for me. If you right. remember the Simpsons are yes. Simpsons writers are time travelers episode. Check it out, Bunk Bunkers, if you haven't listened to it. Um, I told this story about this uh person that was waiting on my porch for me and they ended up actually being like um a mental asylum patient that had been released or escaped or actually probably released because they had like the 
they still had like the wristband on them. Um, uh-huh. But they were from the mental institution that's like in my neighborhood and still, I'm pretty sure is like still operating today. It was operating 10 years ago um, wow. called Dunning Reed. And actually my neighborhood is named after it, Dunning. And um, that was like a huge thing in Chicago in the 50s. Like they were, it was such, it was a common threat to like bad kids. It was like, if you're bad, we're going to send you to Dunning, you know? Wow. Um, so I'm like, hey, I'm, I live in Dunning and it's named after the mental yeah. institution. Um, but, you know, pretty, again, a, an asylum. And it wasn't even, it's not actually like the building itself is not like anything like so imposing like this uh-huh. castle <laughs> structure. Yeah, this is a fucking castle. <laughs> or it was until it, was. it wasn't. And then, you know, but like it didn't have like 63 buildings. Like it was a pretty like one or two level building, you know, nothing, nothing to call home about. Um but I mean, what goes on behind closed doors, it can look not imposing yeah. from the outside and be very imposing from the inside. Right. You know. Um, yeah. I mean, the um, yeah, it, it is the stuff of horror. And I mean, I think that's why there's tons of horror movies about uh, asylums and, you know, mm-hmm. you've got classics like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that just sort of are experienced. Exposing even to modern times what um, went on behind these asylums and how they could just be places of pure abuse and neglect. But um, yeah, I think that's why uh, there's there is such a like dark spiritual energy here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a statistic um, for you. I have numbers. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, in the hospital's 25th anniversary in 1927, the population was 2,650. Wow. With a total of 13,510 patients having entered the facility. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. Um, so 13,000 plus people. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a whole lot. And it's like, you know, people that are not necessarily in their right minds. So right. that's also heavy to like put. Right. I mean, two thousand people at one time in the nineteen twenties, like that's heavy, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, and it's it's um, you know, obviously, I even I mean, today, you know, you could say okay, it's getting better, whatever the stigma is on mental health, but I mean, imagine during that time. Yeah, I mean, the I stigma think... and things like this was like you know, you didn't want to be associated, you know, yeah. near people. Well, also, too, like, one of the things they were like, we treat hysteria, and it's like, oh, that right. was, like, a woman expressing her opinion. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I think what's, like, really scary about this, and, like, let me know if you feel this way, too, but, like, my mom and I kind of have this, like, same feeling where it's uh, with, like, exorcisms and things like that. Yeah. Um, What's scary about it, it's scarier than, like, any monster or ghost or anything, is that, like... um this is real. Like people like really right. suffered and like right, right, people right. really went through this. And like, um, yeah, that's like why my mom never like let us watch like the exorcism. Cause she's like, that's real. Like, <laughs> no, that's like too, that's too real for us <laughs> to like, real. go. Yeah. She uh, was like, I don't care. No, you're or, very right, Natalie. It's like the worst things in the world that you can imagine are the things that we actually legitimately do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, this is scarier than any fucking horror movie. Ghoul. Ghoul. Um, or or monster. I mean, it's just um, it's unfathomable to think about just being trapped in a fucking Utica crib. What a I fucking torture device! No, when I to read... the point where your fucking legs atrophy and you become a crawling, uh, you know, skeleton on the ground. Essentially, like that's for fucking horrific. Forty years for forty years strapped into a fucking bed. And Forty years, literally, like the resilience. I was like, "Yeah, that's How true. many times Very I work? Good positive twist. <laughs> How many times do I like work from home and I like roll over in bed <laughs> and open my laptop and I'm like, "That's all I can do today." And I'm like, Rhoda Derry, literally, her legs atrophied up to her face, and she was like, oh "I'm still going. I'm still fucking. I'm here. still here, baby. Yeah. And she's apparently still there because she's scratching right. people. And God whatever. damn." I want to have some of that Rota Dairy energy, baby. Literally, yeah. Pour me a box of Rota O's. Let's <laughs> get my day started. For real. The fucking will to live. I mean, God yeah. bless her. So, no, um, really. Now, yeah. I mean, obviously, okay, so we don't want, let's not get too fucking dark, doom and gloom here. <laughs> yeah. Um, we let's Let's try to spin it around and talk about maybe something a little bit more fun and light. Now, we mentioned it in the script. You, former uh, Borders Books employee, former Old Navy employee, you and Justin Link haunting the halls of an Old Navy somewhere. Very fucking funny to me. Um, I I cannot, I just cannot, I can't imagine Justin working at an Old Navy and uh, I, I don't and know. I'm I truly, that's truly the suffering that <laughs> we true. went through. Yeah, that's true. We didn't work um, at the same Old Navy, but we both worked at Old Navy and we are like forever like for linked. <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, no. we have shared trauma. Wow. But let's keep it uh, light. <laughs> let's keep it light. We're stepping away from trauma. Um, where 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 do you want to haunt? I mean, what's like mm. but I want to put it in this context. Like if you had to have like a structure or an institution or like a thing, I mean, you, I guess you kind of mentioned it like borders or whatever, mm-hmm. but like what's, but I want it to be like the Natalie O'Hamilton, like, Oh, that's the Natalie O'Hamilton fucking mm. bicycle repair shop. And oh my the, gosh, the Natalie O'Ham, the ghost of Natalie O'Hamilton it rides bikes up and down with, and you hear her little bell. Ding, it's so cute honestly okay i'm totally i know where i would haunt um it's like my favorite apartment i ever lived in wow (laughs) okay i like it in chicago in albany park um i had this beautiful like oh did i visit this apartment yeah yeah that was a nice apartment i had a beautiful 1100 square foot one bedroom oh my god it was fucking huge it was you had that record player yes Yes. The inflatable plant or like the giant fern. Or um, I had well, I had like a sunroom that had like um, we had like a co-birthday there, didn't we? One time, and there was like a spread, but you were the only person who knew it was my birthday or like oh yeah, my birthday <laughs> or like even mentioned that I had had a birthday. Yeah, well, we all believe that like art was hatched, but like I know <laughs> that he was birthed. <laughs> you know, we're like. Oh. <laughs> Um, also, like I famously like love celebrating birthdays, and you you like, are you don't. are a wonderful person. <laughs> no, I remember now. You took a photo. There was a thing that I think it said fart, 
with like birthday letters and you had a photo of me. Yes. Yes. And there was a huge spread. Oh yeah. That was a great apartment. That was a huge apartment. It was a huge apartment. It was gorgeous. Um, I had like a sunroom with like windows on all sides yeah. and it was filled mm-hmm. with like plants and I would like paint and I actually, I didn't have a TV in that apartment. Really? I never had a TV. I, I had like my laptop and I had a work iPad that uh-huh. I would just like sleep with in my bed, which was fine. It only had one closet in the apartment, and it was in the oh, bedroom. Wow. Um, I mean, like a full bathroom with like a bathtub. Um, oh I God. had windows like literally on every side of this apartment. Oh, it was Jesus. gorgeous, and it was seven eighty a month. Oh, Holy fuck! It was seven eighty a month. I lived alone. I also I never had internet in this apartment. I um what? I never got Wi Fi, but my neighbor upstairs had like unlocked Wi Fi, which is like so great for me. So every month I would be like, I made brownies, I made muffins, and that's like how I paid for Wi Fi. Oh my god! <laughs> Air quotes. Um. <laughs> And also, she would have, like, really loud sex, so sometimes I would be like, okay, like, I'm paying for it in other ways, which also, and I'm like, girl, get it, good for you, um, but yeah, it was, like, truly, and I lived alone, and it was amazing, and, like, I cultivated my space, and I just loved it there. It was, it was hard to leave, um, but again, yeah. like, we all, we all leave for different reasons, and it was time for me to graduate, and Moved to Rhode Island, actually, but um, that's right. I yes, loved... I remember where this was in the timeline of <laughs> yeah, in my lore, of in my me, timeline. of your lore, of your personal lore. Um, but I would totally haunt that place, and I would just yeah, like hang out in the sunroom. Cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, very cool, lovely, very fitting for you, Natalie. <laughs> I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't know. I guess yeah. for me, um, hmm. Would you haunt a Dungeons and Dragons or a Rubik's Cube convention? (laughs) My God. As I look at my five Rubik's Cubes that are sitting to my right. Your babies. um, My babies. Um, No, I might haunt like a gym. That could be kind of fun. Oh. I don't know if I have a particular one in mind. Someone's like working out in the mirror and you're like right next to them. like. Right. I'm a ghost working on my ghost gains. Are you a swole ghost? Yeah, so I can have a buff, hot ghost bod. So I can have tons of cool ghost sex <laughs> at all the ghost singles meets. And I need to, I need to upkeep my ghost bod. So, oh um, you know, I, I, if you like, let's say it's like a twenty-four hour gym, and like if you go there late, you can still hear Art struggling to do squats <laughs> in the power cage. Or if you curl in the fucking power cage, like ghostly Art's gonna drop a fucking uh, weight on your foot. Oh, it's a no, no. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, if you don't wipe down your equipment afterwards, yeah, Ghost exactly. Art is gonna like uh, mix your. I help keep that. Yeah, that gym fucking nice and tidy. You're gonna like not let their protein powder like mix, and they're gonna get like a pocket <laughs> of dust. And be like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll have a really bad protein shake and afterwards if you don't wipe down thing. your equipment. <laughs> yep, blender bottles. Um, I love bunk that fuckers, for you. Let us know where would you haunt? What's your Favorite haunted area and where would you want to have your ghostly incorporeal form walk the halls of? Um, Let us know. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Now, Natalie, I think it is time, unless you have any other points that you want to make, snap in a Z formation. Um, Um, Well. I think it's time to get the verdicts, unless you have any other points. 
I do have like a fun like Illinois fun cool thing I like found in my research if you don't mind. Okay. Very fun. It's kind of crazy. Um have you heard of the original Springs Hotel? No. So it is um it is in uh Ocaville, Illinois. Have you even heard of this place? No. Is that like south or it's by St. Louis or west? Oh, okay. Then yeah, you're... it's it's like north of Carbondelet, Carbondale. Um, <laughs> but the original Springs Hotel is like this crazy hotel I found. It's like a Mineral Springs historic lodging spa thing. Ooh, that's very interesting. And it's very. Uh, it's very cool. There's, it has some lore. It's apparently haunted. Um, cause people would actually like come to this like springs hotel and they still have like the spring water pool that people would come and like bathe in and get like treatments of. And apparently like the people that owned it, um, like they, a woman that like couldn't walk was like treated in these spring waters and then was like able to walk. And she basically like forced her husband to like buy this hotel. Cause she's like, it works. It fucking works. We got to buy this place. Like, let's do it. Um, but the one thing that I want to ask you is when I was looking up this spring original Springs hotel in Ocaville, Illinois, I was looking through Google photos of it. And I happened to like, look at the pool and, Right next to the pool, there is a vending machine for ski cola. Have you ever heard of ski cola? Ski cola. Um, <laughs> no. What the fuck is ski cola? Skeet cola? Ski like <laughs> skis. Like I'm going skiing. It's so crazy. I have never heard of this. I've never seen this in my life. This is a uh, lemon citrus. Yeah. Lemon lime citrus plus real orange. It's like squirt Ski. or sun it's drop. It's squirt uh, or sun drop. Yeah. Wow. It's, I was like more. Real orange and lemon juice. It's orange and lemon. It's orange and lemon, which actually in Ireland, um, there's this thing called club soda. Um, uh-huh. And. It's not what you think it is. It's uh, it's like a pop, and they have club. Uh, oh, sorry, club orange is like what it's called, and it's kind of like Fanto, but club right. rock shandy is um, lemon and orange mixed together. And I was like, wow, like this is like American club rock shandy. And wow. um, so I went on when I was researching Bartonville Asylum. I went down such a rabbit hole. Um. And I was honestly, I was going to buy you a case of of ski. <laughs> oh my god, Natalie! I was like, I was like, Ian, I have to buy art because they also their their version of Coca Cola is called Double Cola, and like the company is like Double Cola Company. And so I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy art like a case of pop and surprise him with it. But it's literally like twenty eight dollars. <laughs> And I was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's crazy. No. Um, Bunk Funkers, <laughs> I have to call out on air. Natalie got me a lovely gift for my birthday. Ah. I had a birthday recently and she sent me some like, it's haunted coffee. It's haunted. It's <laughs> like, like famous, like Resurrection Mary and La Llorona. 
coffee-inspired uh, uh, small batch coffee. I've been drinking it. I had a cup of it this morning through my French press. It was fucking great. Yay, good. So I have to say on air, thank you, Natalie, for that lovely gift. You are so welcome. Um, I'm glad you enjoy it. You are a fucking expert gift giver. <laughs> I famously fucking hate surprises and I'm not good at it. But you surprised the shit out of me. I got that package. I was like out the door. I was like about to head out to go pick up lunch. And I saw that there was a package from somebody. And I was like, what the fuck is this package? Like, <laughs> I don't remember ordering anything. What is this? Like, I was so freaked out. And then I like opened it. I was looking at it. And then I put two and two together. because I knew you were researching this. And I was like, oh, my God, Natalie got me. <laughs> Got she fucking you. got me. I was so surprised. I got your so, ass. Bunk Funkers, you, are, you would be very lucky to have a friend like Natalie in your life who gets you such a wonderful gift. Thank you again, Natalie. You're for so that. welcome. Call Happy belated birthday. Um, but um, also, yeah, I was yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get art $28 worth of pop. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> A-OK, Natalie. Thank they you. They have really cool swag, though. Um, speaking of swag, it if you don't cool already swag. have your Mr. Bunkers Conspiracy Time podcast wow. swag, please... Get your ass some swag because, like, I'm swagged out. We have the That's camping true. mug. We have, um, I wear my sweatshirt all the time. Austin is famously, like, a weird place to live. So whenever I wear this conspiracy theory, like, cryptid whole enchilada sweater, people are like, what's that? What are you wearing? What, what is that? that? And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Um you need I, to know. I think I've said this. I think I said this on the Men in Black episode, but it's, it bears repeating. I did wear my Mister Bunker sweatshirt in a dispensary in Evanston, <laughs> Illinois, and everyone was like, "Yo, yeah, this is that's definitely our that's definitely our e, fucking demographic. That is your demographic." So you're right. And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, here, my people." Um, it was great. People were like coming out of coming at me left and right. Really trying to uh, get to wow. know what, like literally, we're like looking at my sweatshirt, like what is this? Oh my god, Mothman! Oh my god, you know, like it was, it was pretty cool. Too so. kind. Um, well, thank you, Natalie. You're you're far too kind. But um, <laughs> now it's time to see if you're going to be kind to today's topic with your verdict, yes. Natalie. Yes. Um, obviously, you're very well versed in the bunker scale. You're you're likely a you know an expert in it yourself. So mm-hmm. obviously, the floor is yours. Um, feel free to, you know, give your verdict if you so desire. Sure. Okay. So we're saying like, is, are the Bartonville asylum ghosts real? Are they still haunting? Mm -hmm. So I would say my verdict for, are these ghosts still haunting? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say highly plausible. Wow. Highly plausible. I'm not case confirmed because I myself haven't like experienced it. And also Uh like so many of those buildings are like torn down. They're torn down. Um, You know, there's there's like a lot of paranormal investigations. And I think that's so cool. And so I would say like I am like highly plausible on the road to case confirmed. And I think that really that little little area in between there the gooch so to speak of the plausible to case confirmed (laughs) arena um the abc the taint of plausibility yes abc the ass balls connection of confirmed (laughs) is um i would 
Maybe I'll find myself in Peoria and in Bartonville and I'll have to go experience it for myself. And then I can, um, I can come back and say whether or not I experienced something. Case closed it for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with plausible minus and a half. Um, I have to carry on the tradition of, uh, none of us on (laughs) the cynical um, jerk, Mr. Bunker, (laughs) the cynical jerks. Uh, who don't, um, you know, don't subscribe to many paranormal experiences. Although I do think that there would be a very creepy energy and I like the pageantry of haunted areas and I do get scared of them. Um, maybe, maybe I'm trying to, to shield my own bias here and that I'm actually scared of ghosts and ghost areas. And you heard I'm it here. Like, oh, well, <laughs> plausible minus and a half. So it's not yeah, the so. plausible minus and a half is going to protect you. <laughs> right, maybe. We'll see. But I agree with you, Natalie. I think we'd all have to go take a trip to Peoria and see and drink some ski and drink cola. Some ski, yeah. If we and if you uh, have fucking, it there. Yeah, and, uh, and find out for ourselves. But Bunk Funkers... Um, let us know what you think. What do you think of the Bartonville Asylum? Have you ever been to the Bartonville Asylum? Have you ever had any interesting paranormal experiences? Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. Find us on YouTube. And if you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash mrbunkerpod for just $5 a month. You can get access to, uh, fun to announce. There's a video. Oh my gosh. On the Patreon that only patrons have access to where... Maybe you can see Andy and Art doing a little live cooking demonstration thing. The whole, if you really truly want the whole enchilada, I highly yeah. recommend signing up for the Patreon. It's, wow, 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 wow! Honestly, it's one of those things where um, it's like five dollars a month, and I never think about it. I, wow. I never, I, I contribute, and I never think about it or care at all. Um, I kind of like. I feel like it's like one of those things for like um, your bank where you do like an auto save and like you put like two dollars a, a day away and then you're like, oh, yeah. my God, I have a grand. <laughs> like, so right. I never think about it, but I reap all the benefits daily, constantly. The bunker oh discord is so much fun. And we it's true. You're very active on the bunker discord. Everyone is really it's a very fun place to be. Ian is much more active than I am. And he's constantly like, did you see on the discord? And I'm like, I'm working. <laughs> I'm glad that you're having a good time. But that's true. Ian has <laughs> taken it upon himself to be a uh, judge. He's like the uh, marshal of discord. Yeah. He- <laughs> I think he wants to be given moderator status. Uh, he is not at the He's moment. He's not a mod. But, um, I don't know if I trust him with that power. He's not a pod mod. Um, <laughs> he's not a pod mod. <laughs> but in his but mind. thank you, Natalie. That's very sweet of you yeah. and very kind. Um, but yes, there is a cooking video of Andy and I cooking the whole enchilada where you can only find on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Ms. There's like 40 hours of content on there as well. So, so funny. Oh my gosh. And um, then, yeah. yeah, you know, we got, we got some, uh, we got some Patreon episodes out there. If you like weekly world news, those are, I'm going to plug those. I'm just going to shamelessly. That's right. And wink, wink. There might be a few more in the works. Um, haven't aired yet as, as of this recording, but uh, you will definitely be hearing more of the lovely Ian and Natalie. Well, lovely Patreon, Natalie. But, um, Ian's fine. That's right. <laughs> He would, uh, I'm not even like trying to, I'm not even trying to uh, talk smack on him. He would be like, no, I'm fine. Like, (laughs) he would agree with me. I'm always like, Ian is 
great. And I always like gas him up so much and he's like, whatever, you know. Um, But that's what I love about him. We we have a very um, we're very even in that way. Like we that's true. You balance each other out, balance each other out, you know. Now, speaking of balancing out, let's balance out our awful content with whatever you have going on now. Like, what would you like to plug? Anything fun to plug or yeah. where can people find you? You guys are always working on something fun. Yes, we are. We, um, well, I'm going to plug my website, uh, natalieosullivan.com. That's N-A-T-A-L-I-E-O-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. Um, I never really like plug my website, but I worked really hard on it. And if you, if you're a a fan of the friend of the podcast, Justin Link, you'll see a lot of great photos that he's taken of me on there. Um, I am an actor. I am a creative collaborator. I'm in the Writers Guild of America East. That's like a pretty recent accolade. So I'm going to ring my own bell, toot my own horn for that. Um, and yeah, I, on my website, you can also access, um, my and mine and Ian's, my and Ian's talk show, uh, called 100% sweatpants. Uh, this is uh-huh. our quarantine talk show that we did while we lived in Brooklyn that we are going to be rebooting pretty soon. Whoa. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I will plug Ian's podcast that he is also rebooting. We got some reboots going on because you guys know that you love nostalgia. So we're just trying to right. hit that spot for you. Um, his podcast is called One and Done TV. It's about TV shows that have only lasted one season. And um, uh, what else do I got going on? Um, Honestly... Something that I've never plugged before, but I'm pretty... Wow, this is new. <laughs> this is a new one. Um, two years ago, uh, I wrote a short play called Miniskirt, and uh, I actually submitted it to a short play festival, and I was a finalist out of wow. uh, over 500 people, uh, over 500 submissions. I was a finalist. I didn't win, but it's cool because I'm like, I will take... That silver or bronze, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to call it. Congratulations, Natalie. Did not know this. Thank you. Um, so what I'm gonna say is if you are a bunk funker and um you like reading short plays in the classical right. style, um, feel free to hit me up on my website and I will gladly email you my play if you want to read it. It's it's like a 10-page thing. It's really fun. I I Banged it out in one night, and wow, <laughs> that's kind of a weird way to say it. I wrote it nice. a little aggressive. <laughs> I banged it out. Uh, I banged that one out there one night. I wrote it in like a few hours one night, and I handed it to Ian, and he was Said like, "This is a home run. Like, this is really cool." Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to like be more like um. I don't know. Like, I'm like, I should share my stuff. Like, this is pretty big. Right. Yeah, put it out there. Yeah. People love it. So, yeah, you can visit my website, natalieosullivan.com. If you want to read my play, just there's a contact me link. You can feel free to hit me up. I'll write back to you. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Art. Punk Funkers, check her out. Um, the, the Oh, Hamilton's, I mean, you know, obviously even just separate from themselves, they're always... They're always cooking up something, so keep tabs on them, and um, you will always be entertained. So, oh yeah, and my um, my Instagram is at Cottontail Bandit. That's right. <laughs> so if you want to see what I'm up if to, I'm very active on Instagram. So if you're curious about true. what my life are. is like, um, 
Cottontail Bandit. You guys live a fun, interesting life full of friendship and love and fun and happiness. Um, we try. All things that are, you know, foreign to me, but um, <laughs> I like to experience them through you guys. So I, too, would recommend, you know, checking out the O'Hamiltons on the social medias. Um, all right. So, Natalie, I mean, here we go. We got to wrap this up here. We got to get out of the bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the enchiladas have been served. It's time to clean up. Yeah. Um, you're going to, I mean, spoiler alert, you're going to have to. Oh, I'm like really good at doing no, dishes. No, we talked about that. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it, it's just a thing that we don't. I mean, most guests don't really know this, but it's like, yeah, you have to like. Well, yeah, you okay, cook, I clean. Clean up after, yeah. So, well, no, I mean, it's like we all have cooked it, so we're all gonna clean. Yeah, it yeah. And stuff, so it's like, Do I get to wear gloves? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're out of gloves. Dang! So Give me a pair you of your socks kinda... then. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie's going to be wearing a pair of old art socks oh. to help us clean up after delivering the whole enchilada on the Bartonville Asylum. <laughs> Natalie, any last words of of whatever? Encouragement? Yes, I do. Fun? I said this to someone the other day, and it stuck with me, wow. so I'm going to repeat it to you and all those listening. Um, wow, 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 when I lived wow. in New York, I used to say, New York is beautiful when you look up, because I would often look down and I would see like, bird shit and garbage and like horrible (laughs) sidewalk infrastructure. But when I looked up, I saw beautiful architecture and like trees and mm, birds are beautiful to me, but maybe not to you. But um, so (sighs) I would say go out on more walks, um, get some fresh air. And in that regard, keep moving forward and keep looking up. Wow. Wow. That is the best way that anyone has ever closed an episode ever. Uh, And I know that Andy would agree with me. Um, thank you again, Natalie, for being here. Thank you, um, Art, and also Andy and Mr. Bunker. Wow. wow. Okay. I mean, but here's the thing: for not the titular Mr. <laughs> Bunker, and for my uh, nascent, nascent co-host hmm. Andy Hart, uh, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Yum 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 yum. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.